Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is taken from the reading in the Gospel of John. We begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks this day that you have gathered us here to hear the wonderful news that Jesus calls us friends. We pray this day, O Lord, that as we hear of the friendship we have with Christ, that you would enliven our hearts to go forth proclaiming his good news to the world, inviting more and inviting more, I should say, into this friendship. Now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Here again today, the incredible, really, truly incredible words that Jesus speaks to you today. Jesus says to you, you are my friends. I have called you friends. Now that's really quite something, to be a friend of Jesus. But what does that mean? What does it mean to have a friendship with the Lord? I mean, we've got a lot of friends in this world, don't we? We have all kinds of friends. We have friends we grew up with. We have uh, friends who live next door. We have neighbor friends. We have work friends. We have church friends. We have Facebook friends, which really aren't friends. They're just people who like everything we say, which you think would make for a good friend, but actually it kind of doesn't. You need a friend who's going to tell you the truth at times, right? We have friends who are kind of needy friends. We have friends who are very giving friends. We have all kinds of friends. Our friends come in all shapes and sizes. And we must wonder, what kind of friend am I to others? There's all kinds of friends. But we have to ask ourselves today, and the question before us is, with all of these kinds of friends in the world, what sort of friend is Jesus? What does it mean to have a friendship with Jesus? Is he a needy friend who's constantly demanding from us? Or is he a very giving friend? He's not the kind of friend who's going to sort of uh, text us in the middle of the night, is he? If you're getting text messages from Jesus in the middle of the night, that's weird. All right, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, uh, or is he the friend who kind of shows up on the weekend with a meal and a drink and some very good words for us to hear? In fact, that's exactly the kind of friend Jesus is, isn't he? But there's more to it, I'm sure. What kind of friend is Jesus? Well, that's what we're going to do today, is we're going to, we're going to dive into that question and what it looks like to have a friendship with the Lord. And in order to do this today, what we're going to find is that we need to do a little bit of history work to understand what that term friend meant in Jesus' context. And it's very interesting, the way Jesus uses the word friend today, he uses it really in a royal way. A friend is a royal term back in Jesus' day. There was a group of people who would have been known as the Friends of the King. The modern-day equivalent of the Friends of the King would be something like uh, uh, the advisory cabinet to the president or something like this. To be a friend with the king meant that you had access to the king's ear. You had access to the throne room. You were part of the inside group who knew what the king was up to and you knew the king's will. You knowing the king's will, you were then given the ability to go forth and act on the king's behalf, all the while having the king's ear, being able to make your requests known to him, your concerns known to him, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, there's this, this distinguished you then from a servant. A servant was not a friend of the king. The servant just did what they were told. The friend of the king was on the inside. They had access. 
they had abilities. John Kleinig, who is a great Bible scholar, he describes the difference between the friend and the servant this way. He says, the friends of the king differed from the servant in two ways. One, they were involved in discussions and about decisions. Uh, they were involved in discussions about decisions, and so and so had some say in what was decided. Therefore, they knew their master's business. They knew why decision was made and how it fitted in with the policy of the king. As a result, they could speak for the king and act on his behalf. They knew what was going on with the king, and they could act on behalf of the king. What's more, they could speak directly to the king about what they were thinking. I think this is what Jesus is getting at today when he says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. In calling you a friend, Jesus is saying, I am making known to you the Father's will. I am letting you in on the inside so you know what the Father is up to, and then knowing what the Father is up to, you can go forth and proclaim his news, his message, his work to all the world. What's more, as you do this, you have access to the Father's ears so you can go to him in prayer with your prayers and requests and concerns, and he will listen to you. This is what it means to be a friend of the king, to have access to the Father, to know his will. And you know his will. He's let you know the will of the Father. The will of the Father is to send his Son into the world, to die on the cross for sinners and to rise again to make all things new. As friends of the king, then it is our responsibility to go out into the world and to make this message known, to make this news known, to let people know that Jesus Christ has died for them. He has risen for their salvation, just as he has done for you. And as you go out and do this and you face struggles and difficulties, Jesus says, you can ask the Father whatever you wish in my name, and he will give it to you. For when you go to the Father in the name of Jesus, your friend, the Father listens. And he gives you everything you need for carrying out his will in this world. So that's the first thing it means to be a friend of Jesus. It means to be a friend of the King. To be welcomed into this inner circle, into the throne room of heaven, and to know the will of the Father, and to be able to pray to him. And we start to think about that a little bit, and we've got to be kind of careful with that title. Because we might get a little proud of that. I mean, that's a pretty lofty title to be called a friend of the king. You might get a little boastful, like, well, you know, Jesus picked me as a friend because Jesus has good taste. He knows who he's picking. He knows my abilities. He knows what I can accomplish. Jesus picked me for all the right reasons. But as soon as we start to think about that, (laughs) we should probably spend some time reading the Gospels, remembering who Jesus spent time with. Sinners. Some of you laughed. That was good. Uh, Sinners. Jesus spends his time with sinners. Jesus chooses to gather sinners around himself, and he calls you sinners, me the sinner, his friend. In fact, that friend title is a title, I like to say it this way, that we have been graced with. We haven't earned that title. We haven't deserved that title. It's a title that Jesus has graced us with. And he graced us with that title when he made a wonderful decision to lay down his life for us and for our salvation. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, than that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You have no greater friend, you have no greater love in this world than Jesus Christ. 
because he chose to lay down his life for you. And now this kind of talk of friendship is a little bit easier, I think, for us to conceptualize uh, in our world because even in like our cheesiest, most hallmark definitions of friendship, we will talk about friendship as that, or a friend as that person in our lives who knows the deepest, darkest, worst things about us, who knows all of the bad stuff we've done and knows all of the bad stuff we've been and has yet not allowed those things to prevent them from loving us and caring for us. They stand by us, we like to say, through thick and thin. I pray that you have a friend like that. I pray that you are a friend like that. But more so today, I promise you that you have an even greater friend than that in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus not only knows the deepest, darkest parts of your life, Jesus not only knows your guilt and your shame, Jesus not only knows how deep the sin runs in your life, he's decided to do something about it. Not only is he not going to allow that to prevent him from loving you, he's going to take the guilt and the shame that are yours and make them his own so that he can carry them on his back to the cross and pay the penalty for them that you deserve. Jesus knows everything about you, all the stuff you try to hide, all the stuff you try to prevent the rest of us from seeing, all the stuff that you've pushed way down so that you don't have to deal with it or think about it. Jesus knows all of it. And yet he's not going to allow that to stop him from loving you. In fact, the very reason he's chosen you is so that he can die for those things, he could pay the penalty for those things, and he can declare you forgiven which gives you a great deal of freedom in this friendship with Jesus Christ because you don't have to perform in order to earn his love. You're able to go before Jesus in your prayers and confess your sins, lay everything out on the table without trying to justify your actions and simply say, here's what I've done with no fear of him rejecting you. You put all your sins out on the table and Jesus says, I know. I know you've done that. I know you've been that. And I want to tell you, as my friend, I forgive you for all of it. You are forgiven because you have a friend in Jesus. So these are the first two things I want us to think about today. To be a friend of Jesus is to have access to the throne room of heaven, to have access to the king, to know the, the Father's will, and to have access to his ear. To be a friend of Jesus means that you have a friend who is the king of all creation, who has laid down his life to forgive you for all of your sins. Now, there's one other aspect to this friendship that I want us to think about today, and this one sounds a little strange in light of everything else we've said. Jesus finally says this, You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, that one sounds a little bit different from everything else because suddenly that starts to sound a little bit more like the servant-master relationship. It sounds like this uh, kid who used to live down the street from me who used to say things like, we're going to play with my toys my way, and if you don't want to play with me, I'm going to take my toys and go home. And he went home a lot. Because I didn't want to do what he wanted to do. I want to do what I want to do. And he's not going to be my friend if he's not going to do what I want to do. And it, it, we had a great relationship. It was very healthy. <laughs> uh, but this is not what Jesus is doing today. Jesus is not saying, if you don't do what I say, I'm taking my toys and going home. If you don't do what I want, I'm taking my heaven away from you, and we're not friends anymore. That's not what he's doing. If we want to understand what Jesus says here, you are my friends if you do what I command you, I think we need to conceptualize that phrase a little bit differently. And to help us with this, I want to turn to C.S. Lewis. 
C.S. Lewis wrote a wonderful book on love called The Four Loves. And, and one of the types of loves he deals with in that book is friendship love. And he describes friendship this way, and I think it's helpful for us to understand what Jesus is saying today. C.S. Lewis says, Every real friendship is a sort of secession or even a rebellion. Now, it may be a rebellion of serious thinkers against claptrap, or of faddists against accepted good sense, or of real artists against popular ugliness, or of charlatans against civilized tastes, of good men against the badness of society, or of bad men against its goodness. Lewis, in describing friendship, says it's like this. He says, friends are united by something whether it's a common experience, uh, a common hobby, uh, a common religion, uh, a, a common political view. There's something that unites people together that creates a friendship. And when that connection takes place, when that unity happens around that thing, very often that means that you have to secede or even rebel against something else that would go after the thing that has united you, that would oppose the thing that has united you. So there is, in friendship, this sort of inherent rebellion. And there are some instances in our world where that sort of friendship can be a very, very bad thing. But there's also a lot of instances in our world where that sort of friendship can be a very, very good thing. And of course, when it comes to our friendship with Jesus, this is a very good thing. Because what has Jesus seceded us from? What are we rebelling against as friends with Jesus? The authority of the devil, the power of our sin, the temptation of the world. To be a friend with Jesus is, is to be in rebellion against all those powers that steal our joy, that kill life that God has blessed, that destroy faith in God's promises. We stand in opposition to and rebellion against these former lords. And we now belong to Christ. So to belong to Christ is to do now not what those old lords command, not what the old lords demand of us, but to stand opposed to them and to do what Christ calls us to do, to fight against the old sinful nature, to stand opposed to Satan, to rebel against the orders and the ways of this world. Now to do this then, Jesus sends us out, united together by his love, with his love. And we go out to proclaim love into a world of bitterness, division, and hate. We go out into a world that is set on destruction to rebuild that which God has restored. We go out with a message that brings forgiveness and healing to a world that has been addictive and bitter. Jesus has chosen us to be his friends so that we can go out as his uh, sort of agents in this world, his friends in this world, and bring good news to a world so full of bad news. You did not choose me, said Jesus, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. I have chosen you, Jesus says. I have united you around my sacrifice and my resurrection for you. I have united you around the forgiveness that I have proclaimed to you. And now I am sending you out into this world filled with the joy of my friendship, filled with the love of, your, of my creation, so that you might bring light into darkness. Jesus has chosen you to bear much fruit, to lead with forgiveness, to lead with love, 
to lead with mercy. I love the song we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. For He is our truest friend. A true friend who gives us access to His Father's will. Who gives us access to His Father's ear. A true friend who sends us out and unites us together in rebellion against all that is evil and sinful in this world. And most importantly, a true friend who in love has laid down his life for us, for you, so that you know that your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life in his name. What a joy to know that you have no greater friend than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that your Son, Jesus, has called us friends. We thank you, Lord, that because of our friendship with your Son, you hear our prayers and answer them according to your will. We thank you that you have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, and we pray that you would send us forth to obey the commands of Jesus Christ, bringing love and mercy into this world of fear and darkness. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus who laid down his life for us and called us his friends. Now grant us your grace and keep us ever firm in this friendship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.